Welcome to episode 22 of the A-Strings podcast. Afternoon, fellas. Here we are again. Hello. In our normal surroundings. Mm. It's not quite as hot today. No, it's much better today. The backs of my knees are not sweating today. <laughs> we needed a weather jingle. <laughs> it's been raining today. Mm. Under a day off again. Uh, when you say day off again, I've said I'm off for the week. I don't. I, everyone else is allowed a week off, and I'm not. I just meant it, it always rains on your day off. All oh, right. Okay. Glad we got that cleared up. We're both off. Yeah. How's it been, Tom? Been good. Been a bit quiet. Mm. But it's, I think we've had some things go through though, by the looks of it. Yeah, there's been a lot of good sales today. Uh, yeah. DRS. Another Ventura just out the door. Mm. The it's, the one, it's the one we mentioned last week. Well, you know, it proves what Fender have said is correct in as much as, you know, a massive, I th- they put a percentage on it, you know, massive proportion of their yearly business is down to new product. New product, yeah. And there's really a lot of, um, there's lots to like about the Ventura stuff. The colours they've chosen are stunning. Yesterday we had a Mustang base, short yeah. scale in Fiesta Red. Mm-hmm. That looks, and well, it plays really, really beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool. Also had a 50s... 50s tally in the Sonic Blue. Sonic Blue, yeah. yeah and it looks nice. lovely. It does. Really, really lovely. Um, yeah, they just seem to have got it right. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Also, we had a couple of Americans in. Yep. Two American pros. Trey and... <laughs> I can't think of another one. I can't think Devin. of American. Devon. <laughs> no, we had a couple of tellies in. Um, in Sonic Grey and another Sonic Green? Uh, Mystic, Mystic, Mystic Seafoam Green. They look nice. Mm. Seems to be a very slightly different colour, isn't it, to, than what we remember the Jazz mm. Master being, which is the YouTube video where my hair was the same colour as the guitar. <laughs> Brilliant. Choices, eh? Choices. And we, all grow we live... In a country and an environment where we're free to make choices. Yeah. Not free of judgment <laughs> no. or uh, abuse, but. What's been going on? Tom's, got a, Tom's got a couple of interesting bits. Okay. Go on. Should we talk Why's about. You first. Go on. <laughs> what? What were you going to say about Saturday? I was just going to say Saturday was busy. Footfall wise, um, yeah, very yeah. Bu- very busy day. I get the impression not many people are going away this year. I might be completely proven wrong the next few weeks. You know, like it, like yeah. it's not been busy footfall this week. You know, but um, the bench again just seems to be chocker blocker, chocker blocker. Well, and our techs are either up in up in your house or shopping for shorts. <laughs> oh. It, uh, so Chris came in on Saturday and I had a go at him. He took it in jest, which much to my which frustration. Have, yeah. He just looked horrendous. These kind of... I they, call, was, they were sweatpants. I refer, shorts, yeah, I, I refer to them as kind of like weed pants because... That's a good description. They're kind of... I'm completely stereotyping you, but they looked like the kind of shorts that you see... Dosses. Yeah, and that's fine. Wandering around in smelling of funny substances. Well, I can confirm they, they are, they're from Sports Direct. <laughs> so, yeah. Stereotype. That's staying in, definitely. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're like... Um, episode 22 when we start showing our full colours. Yeah. The yeah. They, um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like um, the sweatpants, the grey... Sweatpants material stuff, but shorts, and they're not they're not like a sh- good short length either. No, if he was on, if if I was like sat down on the stage and he was sat on one of these chairs, see everything. Mm. In the words of Patrick Stewart, <laughs> <laughs> I saw everything. I saw everything. <laughs> um, so, and I rode off on the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah. So, anyway, um, 
that was that. Um, I see, yeah, just loads and loads of repairs in. Last episode, you two were about to go on your. Oh, of course, we were. Yeah, yeah. Jaunt to Leeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we left as soon as we finished, wrapped up here, and, and yeah. jumped in the car. And I think we got a little feature coming on that, haven't we? Yeah, so we'll have. Um, well, yeah, yeah. There'll be a full, full YouTube sort of little video diary thing. You can imagine the thousands of hits that you're going to get from people typing in Adam and Tom's jaunt to Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> Better put that in the tags. Yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, it's an impressive operation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing to think of just how global... So we're talking about John Holmby Skews. Yeah, JHS, John Holmby Skews. Uh, just how global it is. We were, you know, they took us on a warehouse tour uh, tour of all, the, all all of the premises, but the the warehouse tour, um, you know, they were f- like uh, pallets like mm. we get from Fender going to every, everywhere, weren't they? It was New Zealand. It's, it was I can't even think of all the countries. I think we're going to touch on this a little bit later on, mm-hmm. but this is why they're a stone in the shoe for the likes of Gibson and Fender and all these people because you know the, it's not just a British focused kind of brand um, uh, market that they're going for no, with the vintage and the fretting global. and all that kind of thing. It really is a global kind of phenomenon and the guitars get, you know, full stars generally, you know, in, in the reviews and yeah. I don't want to kind of go over the ground that we're going to, uh, that we're going to cover later on, but it's, you know, it's good stuff and that's why people are getting um, frustrated by it. So highlights, the Carvery. <laughs> Couldn't go up north without a good Carvery. Probably the hotel. Well, a highlight. So I had a, <laughs> I had a call in as much as it was high. It was on stilt. Yeah. I had a call round about half nine from Mark. Yeah. Our rep asking for your number. And I think they'd been in touch with you anyway at that point to say that. The hotel had rung us, yeah. Right. To say that <laughs> there's no room at the inn. Basically. And so our very own Mary and Joseph have had to go on to the next place. Which one am I? Mary. I thought so. <laughs> so um, you had to go on to the next inn. Yes. And it wasn't a holiday inn. No. It was on the outskirts of town. <laughs> the South Milford Hotel. There were lots of trucks parked up outside. <laughs> the which individually might go. The worrying thing about it was we were in Leeds. By the time we had this phone call, we were there. Yeah. So it could have easily have been there's been a you know a balls up. Mm. We got no rooms. Sorry, we'll refund you. Bye. No, no, they wouldn't have done that. You know, we would have slept in jail. So uh, they, they said that a busload of people had turned up, and they and there were no more rooms. I, I don't know how these things happen. You know, I can't believe that things like that happen. But, hmm. um, but they paid for the yeah, 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 and, and breakfast and stuff. yeah, yeah. And it was nice enough. You did you share a room or were you separate? Rooms? No, we were in separate rooms. And were there like slots next to the bed for you to put a coin in, and then it vibrates for like oh, right. five minutes? No. Well, yeah, but there were two single beds pushed together, so it was two slots. Okay, I want okay. to pay for two. <laughs> uh, so then next morning, you went to the factory? Yes. And they give you a tour around? So so, so Dennis Drum, yeah. who is the the big boss, mm-hmm. he, he, it was him that gave us the tour. You know, he wow. took time out of his day. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much stayed with us all day, didn't he? Mm. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, um, you went off to, he had to have a, he had a meeting and a couple of bits and pieces. But yeah, it was him that stayed with us, pretty much. Uh, Dennis and Mark. I got invited to um, the MIA Awards about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, when was the first one? Tw- 2016 was the first one. And I got invited by JHS. So Mark, our rep, said, I've been allowed to invite somebody from my area. Would you like to come and join me? And um, I said, yeah, great. The MIA is the Musical Instruments Association or Musical Music Industry Association, something like that. Right, okay. And basically, they're like a... Um, an organisation that is meant to kind of fight for You're right. independent so, shops oh, and no. and yeah and the lobby parliament all this kind of thing. I fell out with them in <laughs> two thousand and eight um, 
they they were quite unreasonable, and I, I you know, so I, I don't get involved in it whatsoever. But um, it, they put on this do, and right. um, so it was in London, and it, it's quite an intimidating kind of setup to kind of go into because you got all these old boys that you know they're all pals, they all know each other, and I'm going in, I don't know anybody, and anyway, I, I found Mark, Mark, whenever he goes out. Really, really puts on effort. Actually, if all the reps that come into the shop, Mark, he's always wearing... Mark is always the best dressed. Yeah, like odd coloured corduroy trousers with a... He's quite... He expresses himself through his clothes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's he, We well, we talked about this when we were up there. He is... He's, he's, yes. Yeah. Very dapper. Well, he's the best dressed there. He, uh, he was des- he's dressed in like a... Um, like a bow tie and like a, a real kind of and cummerbund and like um, oh wow uh, all the rest he was really kind of anyway so I found him quite easily and he introduced me to the others and literally in the first kind of 30 to 60 seconds I was stood there somebody um, gives you a glass of like Prosecco or whatever so I've got this in my hand and I'm a bit nervous I'm, I'm yeah and when I'm nervous I shake a little bit get a little bit kind of edgy and somebody said where are you staying and with a glass in one hand with the other hand I raised my hand to point I don't know where I was pointing because we were underground I had no idea where my kind of bearings were but I went to point up there by Hyde Park kind of thing and as I did that my one hand hit the bottom of the glass went over the back of my shoulder and completely doused the person behind me Wow! to which point this guy in tweed went round with an absolutely furious looking face and I said it was me I'm really really sorry I and he, he looked at me and everyone kind of um, just went quiet. And um, it literally went quiet for about, it seemed like a minute, but it was probably about three seconds. And then one of the guys in our party said, good God, get somebody, get this man a towel for God's sake, like that. And um, one of the kind of waiters kind of went off and got a towel and, you know, kind of wiped me down and the guy behind me. And I said, listen, I'm sorry. I said, you know, if there's any small consolation, it could have been red. <laughs> he didn't laugh. And that was it. This is very long-winded and it's very distracting from your story. I don't mean to, but the next year, I got another invite from JHS. And given that JHS deals with probably every single shop in the UK, yeah, I said, you've made a mistake, but I'll accept your <laughs> invite. And they, to, I don't know if I was saving face or what, but they said, no, no, it wasn't a mistake. You invite the long kind of thing. So I got invited twice in a row by JHS to go to this thing. And Dennis Drum. Uh, was there and um, had a little kind of chat with him but I was sat next to another dealer and we were having a bit of a chat and the guy come round uh, Dennis Drum come round and uh, had a chat with me and uh, this dealer and he said um, you two look like you sent the world to the right so hope you're not uh, hope you're not complaining about us and I said no 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 we're your biggest fan uh, we're your biggest fans hashtag drummer boys like that and it was quite loud right? and there was no reaction from Dennis and I let a couple of seconds pass. I said, drummer boys, not bummer boys. <laughs> and, and he looked at me, he said, yeah, you heard your first time. I said, all oh, right, okay. And then he carried on talking to the other guy and we talked a little bit after that, but not much. So, yeah. He didn't bring that up, did he? Wow. No. No. Yeah. Laughed at my joke about my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to explain that now. Yeah, what happened? Uh, so, uh, basically, we got taken up to his office as part of the tour, like right at the end of the tour. We had to sit down in his office. And there is aviation stuff everywhere, wasn't there? Absolutely, like, you know, big mm-hmm. ma- you know, uh, drawing, you know, drawings, illustrations and things. Everywhere. His Every- drawings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crayons in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of, yeah, all different planes. I said, oh, um, I said, oh, are, these, are these your, you know, conversation? Are these your, you know, this for you, your your thing. He said, "Oh, I'm a pilot." Da, da, da. I said, oh, um, "I said I got a, a Spitfire on my." And he said, "Oh, why a Spitfire?" I explained grand, grandfather's RAF. Da, 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 da. And um, yeah, and we and we were saying, and it's like it's, we're talking about the version of the Spitfire it is. And he said, "Oh yeah, this one. This uh, this is a dinner now. This is mm. later on in the day." You say not because he said, "Oh, well, why did you choose that one?" I said, "Oh well, it's supposed to be this plane, but this plane fitted my chest." And um, <laughs> he said, "Oh, because this plane had like bigger guns and da 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 da." da. I said, yeah, did it have nipples under the wings as well? <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone laughed. Do you, want, do you want me to surprise you? I've written a poem about a Spitfire. Right. Um, 
like um uh remember October last year, um I stayed over at Pete Mountain's house. Right. And he said, Bring me a present. I said, What? And he said, Dunno, something to do with the Spitfire. Like so you're pre- he'd just been up on the Spitfire and he's mad about him. So You could have had a photo so, of my chest. So I, I I drew a Spitfire and I wrote a poem. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please. <clears throat> Spitfire, Spitfire, your body so green. Spitfire, Spitfire, commissioned by Sir Robert McLean. Spitfire, Spitfire, you can fly only one. Your max takeoff weight is just over three ton. Me- metric. <laughs> yeah. Was that in brackets? Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're 11 feet high by 11 meters long. You kill Germans with your Browning Mark II gun. With maximum, see- with maximum speeds exceeding 370 miles per hour, you blunted heavy attacks on Malta by the Regia Aeronautica. That's a little bit. I don't really mind. Spitfire, Spitfire. Wingspan, th- wingspan 36 foot 10 inches. Spitfire, Spitfire. Built in Wilston and Itchen. Spitfire, Spitfire. Of monocoque construction. The number of you built, 20,351. Brilliant. Thank you. And it was... Um, <laughs> uh, it was accompanied by a drawing as well. Amazing. And uh, the other person who was staying, they um, bought like a, a proper kind of ratio. Um, oh, like a model. Model. And it was appreciated for a little while, but I was asked to read my poem three times. So <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I won that one. <laughs> I, I've just realised I'm going to have to do uh, the picture of the cartoon of your chest now. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. God's sake. Yeah. Get my titties out. So... Um, it, it, so you saw the warehouse. You you yes. met the um, you met the office staff and yeah, we met the guys. They got showrooms and everything, haven't they? It's amazing. Yeah. There, it's a proper purpose-built kind of. Yeah, we met the guys that service everything. If things have got to go back, these two guys uh, and the twins, which was cool, wasn't it? It was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> They're twins. <laughs> these, these two two um, brothers are the service guys, and they fix everything that what, comes what back. What are their names? Them. I didn't. I can't remember. Um, all I know is that Gavin is our point of contact for the and service. Is he one of the twins? No. Oh, okay, right. Okay, I did wonder where it was going. So, um, so you did a lot of demos. You had a look at some of the new stuff, and yes. um, it was kind of concentrated heavily on the the vintage gear that we're going to yeah. talk about a bit later on. Yes. So that was cool. Yeah. So I think that you know we might, we got to try a lot of stuff, and there's there's definitely some things coming back here that we are we're looking at differently i mean i think it's purely coincidental but a vintage guitar has gone every single day since we've come back coincidental or or i maybe it is but you know it's what we said before is you know when you when you've been explained you know it's not just something to sell with you know you know it does this kind of thing when you sold something and you told the um the ethos behind it kind of thing yeah at that point that's when you really get it. And it's like that day when all of a sudden you take a deep breath and you can play guitar or you can play a phrase really well without thinking about it kind of thing. Mm. You know, you've got the confidence, you know, of um, what you're doing behind it and the experience. And, yeah. you know, it's, um, that's why these kinds of things are invaluable. That's brilliant. Yeah. So I think the, we, we decided before we went up that we were really going to, after speaking to Adam, wasn't it, from Dodario, we were really going to put our efforts and energy back into the Hughes and Ketton stuff. Yeah. So we've moved everything around and, we're, you know, everything's, you know, they are now backed as our kind of demo amps. And, and there's been some people trying them in the last week. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we got to try the, the Black Spirit, which is the, it's almost, I don't want to say nanotube, but I think it is kind of that technology yeah. and that's, you know, it's a solid state. Very, very, very good. It's essentially the Grandmeister, but without the valves. Right. Okay. Um, it's got yeah, it's got cab selections, sag, valve sag selections and things. Brilliant. Very, very clever. Yeah. Um was well, it kind of like a USB pr- kind of do you plug in the computer or is it all Oh it's a proper, the... proper, proper amp, yeah, yeah. And it's all there. It's all right. on your on your uh panel. Brilliant. Um tried the Supro stuff. Obviously we don't do well, we do like the one offs like the Bowies and things, but um tried a bunch of that stuff, which is all, the super stuff's always good. Mm. Um yeah, and I, you know, we got shoehorned some encores right at the end, didn't we? Mm-hmm. You know, the encore brand is so much better than it was when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think the stuff that it covers, um, 
you know, we don't really, it doesn't really come on our purview because of the bullets. Exactly. Like Squire and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, I think, you know, do they do Encore kind of Les Paul shapes and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Encore SG. But my, my worry with that is, you know, the vintage stuff is really good. And, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, we, we've resolved ourselves into wanting to sell something that is going to be, that we've got absolute kind of faith in with yeah. regards to it can be an instrument that's going to be used in however long. They, they, they were very clear saying to us as well, Vintage is the step up. Yeah. Encore is that very, very entry kind of. In. Yeah. Vintage is a step up in terms of quality and everything. They've said that, you know, there was no. And with it being such a, um, you know, with it being such a um, a good price point, mm. you know, I, I think that, you know, it, if people are getting into electric guitar, you know, I don't think they come into it with a budget because you know, but you need an amplifier and your cables and this, that and the other, you know? So, um, I don't think, you know, you need to hit that really, really low price point. You know, I, yeah. I think that it's, um, you know, leave that to Aldi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the one thing that, that, that I would say to take away from it is that f- with the encores, the feel, feel wise, it was very, you know, it's, it's very obvious that they are, you know, a sub yeah. hundred video or sub 200 pound guitar. But the pickups in that in the Strat were very very good, weren't they? Yeah, really, very very good. Yeah, mm. um, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was interesting. It's nice to know about these things because you know you you might get somebody you know coming and saying, "Listen, I really have got a budget, and you know it's you've got the experience, and you know we how many dealers, how many suppliers have we got, and how big are the catalogs, and how much of each catalog do we actually do from each supplier? Mm. You know, it it pays to have the experience in all of these things, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 but it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was worthwhile, definitely. Yeah. And how were the service stations? We stopped in two. Yes. Did you stop in the M fifty one with the McDonald's? Yes, we went. It was Tamsworth, Tamsworth all the yeah. way up. That's the one with the the like the um. It kind of joins one. Side oh, does it? The other, I think. Right. I think, I and think then um, and then Strencham on the way back, which was the one right before the M fifty. Yeah. Enough. I went to McDonald's yesterday for the first time in ages because I, I met up with a, a mate and um, he's had a, a bereavement recently. So we had quite a heavy conversation. I had two cups of coffee from Costa and I walked out and I hadn't eaten all day and my head was just spinning mm-hmm. and I felt kind of, I felt drunk. And I thought, oh, and I looked at the clock and it was half past four and I thought, do you know what? I can pick Kate up. Kate um, works just around the corner. I thought I can pick her up at five o'clock. So, I went to McDonald's and asked for um, chicken nuggets and some of these cheese things that they're doing. Yeah. Right. So, which are amazing. Yeah. Red Leicester ones. Yeah. So I sat down and as I was eating my first kind of cheese thing, um, I was counting up my chicken nuggets and I counted eight. (laughs) I thought, that's right. And I thought, you're not thinking straight. Come on. You know, I saw these things. So I had counting about, it was eight. And I thought, is it eight or is it nine? I thought it was. I thought it was nine chicken nuggets. Yeah, six, nine, so, twenty. Um, cheese bite number two and three. I was thinking, am I gonna? What am I gonna do? Am I gonna make a thing of this or not? And I thought, uh, do you know what? You know, with they're probably making about two thousand percent markup on every chicken nugget that they yeah. make. You know, if you know somebody needs to tell them that they're not counting at the chicken nuggets probably because you know at the end of the day, you know, if this person's shortchanging people, you know, every like five meals or whatever. Well, yeah. you know, they got an extra set of chicken nuggets. So just, anyway, so I, I went up and I, I said, right, I don't mean to be, this that, is going to sound right. really petty, but how many chicken nuggets is it meant to be? Eight or nine? She said, nine. I said, right. Well, I was given eight. And she just looked at me and didn't um, respond. And I was just there kind of thing. And she said, what, you want a chicken nugget? <laughs> I said, you know, that is what I paid for. You know, I paid for, I've paid for nine chicken nuggets. And the woman next to me said, it's what he asked for, like that. And um, <laughs> so she said, right, I'll get you one chicken nugget. I said, thank you, like that. So I was kind of keeping an eye on my table to get the, to, to make sure nobody was going to take away my chicken, my chicken nuggets and thing while waiting for it, which took a ridiculous amount of time. And there was conversation at the back. What do you mean? You know. So anyway, she came back with, a bag with one in 
with one in. And I thought, the inconvenience of me having to come up and me calling you out on, you know, the mistake that you made. Give me two chicken nuggets, you know, show a little <laughs> bit of remorse or a little bit of kind of goodwill. And, you know. So anyway. Based on her reaction, you were always going to be getting one nugget back. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, it's been playing on me a little bit. It wasn't a happy meal. No. Because that's full. No. So I'm, I, might, um, I might write a letter. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Yeah. Um, onwards. Uh, any news out there? Uh, we got news on our little itinerary, but I don't know what it is, so Tom would have to um, fill us in. Uh, the Katy Perry thing. Yes. So in the news today, Katy Perry has lost a court battle to Christian rapper Flame. Right. I've, so I've listened to the two songs. And what do you think? Basically, the... I think the only thing they've got... The, the, the drum beat, they've absolutely got in common. But apart from that, the only thing they've got in common is that it's both crap songs. Really, really rubbish. It's strip club music. Right. So it, so what was the thing? Who was suing who here? Um, the um, the Christian rapper was suing Katy Perry. Saying that... Saying she, that... They'd copied him. Yeah. And, and, and they've, they've ruled in his favour. Yes, they have. They have. Um, what do you think? I think it's this kind of thing's getting pretty ridiculous. It is because it, 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 you know, the other thing being right, you go into like Logic, and they've got drummers there. Yeah. So, you know, they're giving you these drum beats to write in songs and to help you with that kind of thing. Yeah. <sighs> so at which point then, because Flame, yeah. if he's used a preset beat. He shouldn't have ownership of that. There was a case a long, long, long while ago where there's a band, British band, Enda Shikari, and they were using... Have you heard them? Yeah. They were using, I think, Korg synths. Mm. And they did an entire album, and uh, it came out, basically, Korg... I think Korg came out and said, everything you've used there is presets from our thing. You've literally just used our loops that we've given you. Yeah. Like nothing there but is. You're buying the product, and they're offering you the sounds mm. as yeah. part of the product. Yeah. It's, so with this song, it's the Katy Perry song "Raw." It's raw, is it? So okay. It's got yeah, that yeah, quite, it's got a very distinctive sound. I'd never heard it before. Well, I probably heard it, but it meant nothing to me. You know, it, it it's rubbish. But I know raw. Yeah, yeah. It has good distinctive sound, but I thought that her melody line and I thought the singing was completely different completely to what different. she had. And that's surely the most important. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. Because I'm sure Flame could do a bit of research and find a dozen other songs that... It was 2009, his song. I've been going to strip clubs a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And I've heard music like that. It's not a... Well, he hasn't, because he's Christian. Well, 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 that opens up a can of worms. (laughs) You're very angry today. I'm a little bit angry. Like it's, it. uh, it's, it's good. It's makes, McDonald's thing. Makes for good <laughs> money. <laughs> um, I don't go to strip clubs very often, Dad. <laughs> Mum. <laughs> I've seen programs with... Oh, let's move on. Come on. Massive news on the Queen tour. Oh, okay. Um, Queen did a show in... Uh, they did a couple of shows in Dallas uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And there's a video going around. They had the Dallas Cowboy the cheerleader, cheerleader team. Amazing. And uh, for Fat Bottom Girls. And um, you should see the look on Brian May's face. He's absolutely loving it. You know, he's. Uh, but at the end of the night, mm. one of the knobs on Brian's guitar, on the original that he made, um, one of the knobs that he made with his dad on a lathe back 45 years ago or whatever, went missing. Right. So so has that fallen off or has that been taken off? I think that they would, he would have noticed if it was if it'd fallen off. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. On stage. Um unless you know maybe you know he takes the guitar off and it's at a Pete in the you know it's all dark there you know it's not like you've got a well lit kind of area at the back there. Mm. But I from what I gather I think you know the guitar is so um it's guarded and you know it's people are just paranoid about this thing. You know it's taken off Brian takes it off, hands it to Pete. 
people put it into a case, it'll get locked up and it'll kind of be... And it stays with Pete, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, on the plane, everywhere. Mm. But um, at some point, um, this knob went missing. Yeah. And, you know, they've searched everywhere and, you know, there's a few kind of, you know, people are trying to be funny about it online. Brian loses his knob kind of thing. Mm. The, the Dallas Coat boy kind of cheerleads too. But it's... It's heartbreaking, really. You know, he, mm. he said, listen, you know, I can put, we've already got a replacement on there. It's not a case of, you know, I need a new dial. It's, you know, this thing that I made my dad that has been on the guitar for the last 45, 50 years that I've never lost. And up until this point, it's gone, you know? And so he doesn't, he seems to be, if you follow his kind of soapbox or his Instagram, whatever, he seems to be really, really enjoying this tour. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time on these tours, he, you know, you'll see how hard it is and, you know, he's he's struggling mentally with it. He seems to be really enjoying it. And he is still this week, you know, they played Vancouver and they played Detroit and apparently it's the best reaction crowds that they've ever had. You know, it, it's, so he's kind of flying high with everything. Yeah. But Pete, who I referred to earlier in the, um, uh, the poem, um, he'd be more, he'd be kind of a million times more devastated than Brian would, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, it, you know, it's his kind of domain, you know, and it's, uh, so, you know, they've asked people, you know, if, if you've got it, because it's got to be somewhere, you know, the stage gets taken down, you know, yeah. you know, where did it go? Mm. It's awful. So he, obviously they, they keep spares, carry spares. Well, I think they would have, they keep spare guitars, so they'll just take one off. Ah, okay. You know, a backup yeah. of a backup of a backup or something. Mm. But, you know, it's not going to take anything for Andrew Guyton to make one up and relic it. When I say, you know, he does it so well, what I'm saying, you know, so yeah. he can relic one to make it feel and look like the old one. But it's, um, it's just the, oh yeah, it's, it's a, a sentimental it, thing. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's part of the evolution of the guitar though, isn't it? You know? Mm-hmm. It gets repaired, it gets restored, it gets this, that, and the other done. And um, God, look at the black they, strat. There's nothing left of it by the time no. it hit auction. This, um, yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of um, theories. Have you? Well, my the major one is Nigel Knight put this super pot onto the guitar, which basically I think the the knob turns around. So either got like a little click in it, right. or it turns around kind of twice, kind of thing. So it gives Brian greater control to kind of get that those chimey kind of clean sounds. Right, okay. And, you know, it's... So, you know, these super pots have been there, and I just wonder whether the, the shaft of that... Is not quite... Is not quite the right... Um, not what, you know, the knobs have been used to all these years. Mm. Yeah. Sad times. It is. With regards to... Uh, the jingle that got debuted last week. Oh yeah. Um, which which jingle was that? The, the telephone number. Oh, this one. So, uh, Stuart Herbert came in, and he said that uh, I said. He said, oh, I listened to the podcast. I, so I, I laughed. I said, all oh, right, so what do you think of the jingle? He said, in completely serious, he said, I couldn't understand it. I said, all oh, right, well, why is that? He said, you can't listen to two things going on at the same time. And, you know, which is quite perceptive of him, because I don't know if anyone else realised, but apart from the 01443403210. Which is our phone number. On, um, there was a subliminal thing going on in the background. The chant, telephone, telephone, telephone number. Which you'd actually taken down in the mix already. I took down the mix because Kate said that it was too prominent. So, um, I think Stuart's subconscious mind is pretty strong because he's picking up on that as much as the the, the conscious part, which yeah. is the telephone number. Yeah. So, um, the other thing basically, is, what I'd like to do mm. is um, remix it. Okay. Call it the, the Sherbet mix. What a brilliant name, the Sherbet Mix. I, I just thought, of it. and take out the subliminal bit. 
Okay. Or take out the number, but that wouldn't be any that use. Wouldn't be the word, yeah. Yeah. When are you going to do this? Well, uh, let's do it now. Talking of jingles, um, didn't you say you were going to write one for the t-shirts? T-shirts, yeah. I, you can't force these things. They gotta. Yeah, inspiration's got to happen um, naturally. <laughs> what um, Keith Richards said something like, and I, I'm paraphrasing, goes. Songs are like angels, man. You've got to pick them from this guy or something like that. No, he didn't say that. He, he said, <laughs> when I say paraphrasing, in my mind, he said something like, no, but they're, um, yeah, you've got to, they've got to just come to you kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, the t-shirts, I think that, yeah, you know, I, I don't want it to sell. You know, I, 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 I don't want to go too commercial with it. I, Promoting a telephone number because you know we're faced um, with um, you know the Facebook kind of mm-hmm. dilemma. You know we need to promote that to promote an actual product. I think I'd be selling out. So. Yeah. So yeah. Any news on the uh, the previous Facebook update? Um, I sent. I, I've gone down a different tack with um, with Facebook. A, a number of people who. Uh, I've spoken to a couple of people who are, um, they have big digital marketing companies and they got some experience with similar kind of things to this and yeah. they really do think that we've been targeted in as much as reported. So I've approached Facebook saying that I'd like them to look into um, the potential that we've been maliciously, maliciously yeah. kind of reported. And so I th- hopefully, because we're insinuating that and I've also said that I'm going to be messaging Mark Zuckerberg, um, they'll look at it in a, a different kind of, with, with a bit more scrutiny as opposed to just saying, we've made our decision, here's the stock answer. It's an interesting thing to be, to approach them as a victim, isn't it? As opposed yeah. to uh, someone at fault. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder. And, you know, I, I do kind of feel that, you know, we've been stick, we, you know, we've been almost protesting too much that we're completely innocent, you know? Like it's, um, you know, when you're having to defend your case and, you know, there really is nothing we've done wrong, yeah. you need to approach it from a different way. So now, you know, we have been victims from the start and, you know, yeah. God knows we've let everybody know that. So, um, yeah. So that's the way we approached it. I haven't heard anything back as of today. I did that on Friday. Yeah. I haven't heard anything back from our MP. And now he's on Aldi for four or five weeks or whatever it is. So... Who knows? Right. Biscuit News. Biscuit News! I'm actually quite happy to report that we've been brought no biscuits this week. No biscuits today. Our reps have gone away. (laughs) Uh, it from the sky <laughs> like an angel. Um, yeah, all of us are kind of on a bit of a kick, aren't we? Yeah, we've been on it for a few weeks. Tom is uh, Tom is dropping weight thick and fast. Mm. And, uh, that's not sarcastic. He genuinely is. It's quite gaunt. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's nice to not have the uh, temptation. Yeah. Although I did have a rhubarb and custard from our road trip. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I had one of those the other day. They're amazing. I haven't had rhubarb and custard for ages. Used to get them from the shops, you know, in the little bags. Little paper bags, yeah. And next day, they'd all get congealed together. Mm. These ones are good, though. Yeah, they seem they yeah. seem good. Only um, Poundland in Pontypridd Town. That's not a promotion. No. You can buy sweets from anywhere. So, no, oh, hang on. Didn't Bob, yeah, Bob Pedro come in on Wednesday. Oh, you weren't you? Oh, that's why and we he, don't know then. A bag of, boat, a bag of, a dag of bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, he's on his um, kind of some break now. So, yeah, really, really sorry, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I think uh, between my dad and Tristan, they got polished off pretty quickly. I was going to say, there wasn't any on Thursday left. No. No. How big was the bag? Oh, we came back. We brought stuff back Wednesday night and it was nothing new. Biscuit News! 
let's go back to your experience with the vintage. Gear. Okay. We've always concentrated on the Gibson side of things with the with vintage. Maybe it's wrong to say that, but well, it was very very interesting. The <laughs> the beginning of the day, they took us into the showroom, which has got pretty much everything in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it was Mark and which is our our rep, Mark and Simon, who is in marketing, does all the website stuff. Mm-hmm. He's done stuff for us in the past, and we were sat there and we were talking about these new models and there's some models that we weren't allowed to film and they, you know... From, really? Yeah, from a new factory and things like that. Um, what, um, as in prototypes for them? Yeah, so they, they... Yeah, they're kind of models that they... that they have been doing, but they're from a new factory. Mm. Um, purely for meat and demand. There was, you know, there's no, like, sort of issues or anything. Um, but we were talking and I said, oh, and I don't, and every single time I was like, something, 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 tally, da, 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 da. and they were like, oh, no, 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 uh, 52, uh, what is it, T52? <laughs> yeah, okay. And I'd say, oh, something, something, strat, something, something, oh, no, 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 I, you know, yeah, S type or whatever, or whatever it's called, VS or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I'd, at the st- they, I, I had trained, you know, by the afternoon I was sort of calling them by their models. Yeah. But uh, the amount of times that they sort of, they'd stop and correct me. It is certainly okay. Let's call it the Nashville kind of um, styles that we've been looking at, isn't it? You know, so mm. it's, the, it's called Spade of Spade, the three fifty, three three five. Yeah, obviously the Les Paul be the, the big one. The um, the SGs. Yeah, Strats and Tellys. Yeah, oh, in regards to us, in, the oh, shop, in regards to what we do, we do yeah, all the G style stuff. We don't yeah. touch. You know, we got Fender dealership. Why would we? Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, that is the thing. And and fair play, Mark. He understands that, and you know, and, and you know, he never does. Kind of push out on this. No. Interestingly, um, we do get customers coming in saying, "Can you get us a S type or T type, whatever they call it, a specific um, models?" Because mm-hmm. these things get picked up on and reviewed so well. Yes, that it's this. You know, I guess buck for buck, you are going to be buying something that is maybe specced higher oh, God, than, yeah. than what you'd buy. Of equivalent value mm. in Fender, but with Fender, you've got the you know the reassurance of the brand, and you know, nobody does a neck, nobody does a strat like like Fender. Nobody will spec up the pickups to sound the way that they do. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you get what you get. So, mm. um, what what did you kind of take away from it? What was your it was very much kind of like the, what they what they're trying to do with vintage as the brand and 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 I understand you know they they try they they sort of their mantra is how 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 good of a guitar can we make not, not how cheap can we make it yeah they don't work back or down they yeah. they work up and it's like they they yeah they get their guitar right to the limit of whatever that price point is uh, which is amazing Tom made a good point as we were leaving and it was. It was all, you know, it was all about these and how good they are, and they they are, you know, they're great playing mm. guitars. And yeah, there was some, you know, especially like the the telly type style that we played early in the morning, mm. and the strat style we played early in the morning. You know, to get something of the equivalent, you know, you you're doubling the price for a, yeah a Fender. You are, but okay, so it's very, and this might be my snobbery, but it's very difficult to get excited about a copy. Mm. regardless I think of how good it is and, and that's really like you know that's really sort of brand blindness isn't it mm. um, you know we tried like triple pickup black beauty style things and 335 style things and as good as they were and sounded yeah I think the problem I've got is that they are so blatantly copies right okay I yeah, mean, yeah 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 if, if they were slightly different you know, just in, just well. The problem the, the we've got problem, there is that the people won't want them if they're yeah. different. Yeah, you know, yeah people... but I'm not talking about massively different. No, I mean PRS is uh, yeah similar to guitars. well. You know, you know the thing is, you know, they've been as as far as you know from what they were maybe five ten years ago. They are very different because Gibson's taken them to court probably half a dozen times in that period. Um, it's been subtle changes like headstock change. Um, Design differences, um, but are, are people that bothered about the shape of a headstock? I mean, well, n- not massively. Yeah, you know, 
we get people coming in and they say, um, oh, you don't do any Gibson Epiphone. And we say, no, we do vintage and this, 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 and this. And some people will have an open mind and they'll say, right, okay, so what am I getting for my money? And they'll go through it. And if they try one and they've got an open mind, they will walk away with them because they're brilliant guitars. But you do get people that will say, no, I want an Epiphone, I want a Gibson. You wouldn't buy a GNL Strat, would you? No. But, you know, it's... Um, some people do want the um, they want the authenticity and the and the yeah. and everything that goes with that. Other people, you know, they're on limited budgets, and you know, we said that a you know we were talking about the the comparison with Strat with Fender and, and the price difference there. Mm-hmm. We don't deal with Epiphone and Gibson at the moment, so we we're not really familiar with what they go at um, price-wise. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think this is fair to say that, you know, the spec of something you can get from vintage is going to be, you know, it's going to be more competitive spec for spec than, you know, the, the equivalent Epiphone. Yeah. Interesting thinking about what Tom just said now about the about it being a little bit different. The reason we went into Hagstrom was for that kind of single-cut thing wasn't it mm. and i would probably i would get a hagstrom yeah a single cut you know like the um swede and be happy with it because it has its own thing and it, it is different you know obviously the yeah. head sucks different the shape is yeah uh, that's yeah that so that's an interesting thing just that ever so slightly and also you know it's it's almost like you know single cut ways and you know they're an alternative to you know, your Les Paul or whatever, but mm-hmm. they got a vibe about them as well, haven't they? You know, especially, you know, the darker ones, you know, it, it, you know they've got a personality about them yeah. as opposed to just being, uh, mm. you know, it's the situation that you find yourself in when you don't do, you know, the the, the, the genuine yeah. brand, I guess, you know, it's... Um, yeah, there's been a few things that Vintage have done over the years that have kind of just caused, like, football... And, they are brilliant, and I'm. I, we went there and we tried lots and lots of stuff, and everything we tried was good, and it sounded great. Um, there's a story about the Peter Green pickup, which I'll tell you in a minute. But um, they're great. The problem is when they do things like they did that three three five style in Pell and Blue, and they called it the friggin' Pretender. Mm. It was the Dave Grohl. They it was yeah. a blatant ripoff. But, it's a it's a blatant the one you know they uh, um, you know the, go on sorry they they don't seem to have the same problem with their acoustics. I was going to say that um, you know you, you, you can't have a problem with um, them doing you know things like this to electrics, whilst you know every single manufacturer of acoustic guitars out there has a dreadnought. It's a weird thing. Martin that, invented the dreadnought. How dare you take that away from them and not refer to them <laughs> in every sentence? about a dreadnought acoustic it's weird, guitar. Isn't it? But everybody out, you know, people look at the Les Paul, mm. uh, a Les Paul shaped guitar and they'll say it's a Gibson copy. People don't look at a, is, a Takamine Isn't that bizarre though? Dreadnought or um, a, a, you know, uh, Aunt Luthery Triple O or a Fender Parlor or whatever mm. and refer to the original kind of things. You know, it's, um, it's a little bit... Um, Double standard? Yeah. I'd, I'd say... It's, and you know, I, I think that this is where you know we yeah. talked last week about Gibson taking, um, you know, they're taking Dean to court. Mm. They've taken um, Warwick, Warwick, yeah, and you know, the European Court has deemed Warwick um, in favour of Warwick with regards to them allowing to use uh, them allowing to produce flying V guitars because Jackson Washburn, um, BC Rich, and Every other kind of um, rock guitar manufacturer produces a flying V. It's become a generalised, accepted kind of shape of a guitar. My problem is that vintage have been so blatant with the names, like Adam said, mm. and it was always a very, very clever thing to call your guitar brand but vintage. They're trading on his- they're trading on the history. Mm. I mean, yeah. that's what they're blatantly doing. Yeah. It's not the shape. It's not not the same as the acoustic thing. So what was the um, 
the Peter Green kind of. Right. So, um, because the, it's called the PGM, isn't it? PGM. It's, it's yeah. a lemon drop, mm. but it's called the the. The, the code, the code is, PGM. is PGM. Yeah, same as the AFD. Yeah, which are brilliant guitars. And mm. as oh, it sounds very, very fickle. I mean, we get on with JHS very, very well. But, you know, if we had the option of doing the genuine thing, you know, we'd want to do it because, you know, as a na- as a brand name, you know, not necessarily down to quality product and, you know, uh, profitability and all that kind of thing. But, you know, with regards to, you know, if you can advertise that you do Epiphone or Gibson or whatever it's going to bring people, people in. in so the 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 lemon drop has everything that uh, vintage do electric wires uses Wilkinson stuff right so the, the, the he's a genius by the way mm. Trevor Wilkinson so Trevor Wilkinson uh, the, the pickups for the pickups for the, the lemon drop are based on the design of the original PA the path right mm. Now, what had happened is Trevor Wilkinson had, by chance, met Seth Lover, uh, and it was a yard sale, wasn't it? They'd met in a yard sale, and they were talking, and they became sort of friends, and they were back and forth. And he said, "Look, we're, I'm designing this humbucker. Um, that's going to be based on the mm. Pierre." Seth Lover had the designs, the original designs of the Gibson PAFs, because that's wow. what Seth Lover, Seth Lover is, isn't it? Mm. Um, and they worked together then and Trevor Wilkinson was able to sort of design it so the pickup in this sub 500 pound guitar mm. has a pickup design that is the the original Gibson PAF wow so you know obviously yeah um, so, and you know why wouldn't you take advantage of having that kind of knowledge and and producing something that everyone wants from it you yeah. know the, the Peter Green and the Appetite um, you know the is it not the Paradise? Sorry, um, guitar. Yeah. You know they're by far our biggest selling. They are most popular by, um, by a long way. Yeah, yeah. And we've got some really nice ones out there now. Mm. You know, because we just we did a big run and we so we've got yeah. like iced teas and we've got vintage sunbursts and things. There's some really really nice ones out there. Mm. But uh, but yeah, really interesting. And the, and it's a story they don't even tell. Like they said that themselves. They said, "Oh, we don't really shout this about. It's not a secret, but we don't really." Yeah. It's like what? It's things like that. You know, and um, that kind of expertise that is involved in the creation of, of these guitars is absolutely what they should be kind of um, promoting because that is what gives it it's it, it all of a sudden it's not you know you stop thinking of it as a copy you start seeing it as a legitimate guitar in its own right because it's making is that what you're trying to kind of and that's what they do with the acoustics they got all these folk yeah. people designing guitars yeah. with the, the Paul Bretts yeah yeah Gordon Giltrap yeah the Viators the Geminis Gill trap models, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, it's interesting how they are. They are two very different sort of approaches, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we tried quite a cool new Paul Brett that's not out yet. Right. It's uh, it was a nylon string Viator, wasn't it? Oh wow! Mm. Very cool, very very cool. Mm. Did you ever get yours? No. See you next month. Mm. So, well worth the trip. Oh yeah, I think so. You know the yeah, really the, the big thing that I, I think, and um, we've 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 had a chat, very quick chat to Tristan about it is the what JHS can do, and um, we can do, work with them in conjunction is whatever they sell in stock. So say for example the HK Nano PAs, mm. we've we've always had a couple in, but we've never really sort of mm. kept them in stock because of space and, and room and things like that. Um, what we're able to do with JHS is anything that they've got in their warehouse mm. we are they are happy to and we are able to put on our website and we can show a, a, a current stock and it's updated every three hours right. or something like that um, so we can have active stock so that means that if someone wants a HK Nano or mm. wants a Supro it doesn't have to be here mm. and we can then work with JHS and say you know someone can then make an inquiry whereas if we don't have anything on the website it's nope, a Nobody it's a lovely feature to have when you're um, a, an internet kind of focused business. Yeah. You know, for us, up and you know, we got a new website that's hopefully due to launch in the next week to ten days or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we do sell stuff through it, but it seems to serve more of a purpose with regards to people looking on there for 
stock that we've got in the shop and they'll say, mm. well, I'm, you know, a lot of the time they'll come to say, I'm looking at some, 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 so um, they'll ask a few questions about it and then they'll say, and it's in stock and you'll say, yes. You know, if, if it, or people will just wander into the shop saying, I notice you've I've got seen some stock. Website. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's the, the danger really, you know, with, with that is that, you know, yeah. if, you know, uh, if there's a way that we can get the website to say, ship direct from warehouse or Yeah, available, you know, yeah. That would be um, ideal, but, oh, brilliant. But no, and very, very good. You didn't let the, the A-strings name down. Didn't spin any wine on anyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, moving on. Tom's top five. Tom's top five. Tom's top five. Tom's top five. So today's top five is crazy conspiracy theories in music. Okay. And um, I haven't gone for the obvious ones. Okay. But Adam knows all these anyway. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> you started them. <laughs> yeah. Number five. It, like the like only the son of a hairdresser can do. Gossip. Yeah. Go on, Tom. Number five. Stevie Wonder isn't blind. Oh. This one I had. This is the, the, I didn't. I hadn't heard of this mm. one. I didn't start this. What one. anymore or just you know, ever? You, right. No, you, you surrounded me as if to say you know it's not something you get over like a cold. But there's been these things where they've said about him having you know, special treatment. Ah, okay. Right, so go on. Sorry. So the theory is that Stevie Wonder has been pretending to be blind all this time mm. to get publicity. Um, the evidence is he's a regular at basketball games. Mm. He has an interest in photography. And sometimes wears a watch. Wow. Um, um, but the biggest one is um, when he was performing at the White House with Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney knocked over his microphone and he uh, caught it. Before it fell? Yeah. Wow. And you can watch that on YouTube. Wow. Well, he stroked my mother's face back in the 60s. <laughs> Either 60s or the 70s. Coming to Pontypridd, I think. And um, What? Yeah, he played the... Or maybe Cardiff, I don't know, but he, he struck my mother's face. He called her a very pretty lady. That's how they say hello. You're a very pretty lady. Now, um, obviously... That's fine. Um, no, no, you're not cute. Um, people that are registered uh, blind mm. often have some sight. Right, so okay. That yeah. could obviously be the the mm. answer to that. Yeah, but a fun theory. Hmm. Um, why can't Stevie Wonder see his friends? Because he's married. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize there was going to be cracker jokes at the end of each. Oh, uh, good. Number four. <laughs> Is he married? No. Is he? Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Number four. Phil Collins let a man drown. Oh. Yeah, I knew this one. Well, if he was the. If it was the painter who was knocking off his wife, which inspired him to write in the air tonight. And well, this well, is that's what it is. Yeah. Is it? Well, it, uh, from uh, what I can see, um, it's just the lyric from In the Air Tonight that people have got this from. Right. So the, the lyrics go, well, if you told me you were drowning, I wouldn't lend a hand. And uh, mm. well, that's basically the line. But, well, so from that, people have literally gone, he witnessed a man drown and he didn't save him. He, um, yeah, so basically, um, it, what inspired his first solo album, that uh, members of Genesis were absolutely, you know, amazed at the level of success it got. And I think, you know, Phil Collins was a bigger solo artist than Genesis ever kind of became. Yeah, and yeah, Genesis yeah. were a super group, you know. Um, but, yeah, um, his wife was knocking off the um, painter decorator. And, yeah, he's heartbroken and wrote a lot of songs about it. Number three, Avril Lavigne was replaced by a lookalike named Melissa Vandella. Ah. This is very similar to the Paul McCartney one, isn't it? Well, she, you know, she's very young when she started, when she, she was like 15 or 16 when she... Yeah. When, you know, she had... Um, is it Let Go, the name of the album? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The one with Skater Boy on and all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Mr. G. Have you seen um, yeah. Summer Hotel? Yeah. So the story goes that in 2003, she was struggling with fame 
and was using a lookalike to fill in for her doing publicity. Ah, mm. uh, okay. But after the loss of her grandfather, um, she took her own life, <gasps> and the record company decided to continue to release songs using the lookalike Melissa. Didn't she marry somebody from Blink-182 or something? No, she married... Uh, first off, she married uh, the singer of Sum 41. Right. And they, they use a number. Yeah, and then they got divorced, and uh, up until now, she's been with the singer of Nickelback. No way. Married. Yeah, yeah. The one with the long face. What's his name? Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. Yeah. Wow. Son of a hairdresser, see? I know everything. <laughs> so the uh, evidence on the internet for this is... Uh, apparently different birthmarks, height difference, nose is different, and um, the music became more poppy. But, I mean, that could all be growing up, as you said. She was I was going to say, yeah. Young. You know, I guess, um, you know, you look at, you look at Monica from Friends, you know, she was at the beginning of Friends, to, oh, she is now. Yeah. She's completely different. She, they have worked and they can afford it. Mm. And, yeah, yeah. I'll have to. I haven't seen what she looks like recently. There's, she's just released a new video. She, she looks she? exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She looks the same. Number two, Elvis is an extra in Home Alone. Yeah, I knew this one. Which one? <laughs> the famous singer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like what? He's the sheep in the nativity. <laughs> um, in a scene in the airport. Um, that's the same. She looks more like Adele. Sorry, I'm just looking at Avril Lavigne. But a same woman. In Home Alone, in the scene in the airport when the mother's trying to get home, there's a bearded man in the background that looks a bit like Elvis. That's basically it. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you can watch that on YouTube. But, yeah. I don't have bother. <laughs> Go on our channel instead. I lost the number one. Um, this is the Kanye West and David Bowie conspiracy. <laughs> is Kanye West the star man? Um, in 1972, Bowie released The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. Mm. Um, uh, the album cover is Bowie in a doorway, and there's a sign above him. What does the sign say? I don't know. K West. But that's the name of, um, isn't it like a venue or something in... Um, Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But bear with it. And uh, what's the album, the first track of that album? No. Five years. Right. Um, I Five understand. years after the release of the album, Kanye West was born. Right. A bit tenuous. I know. <laughs> I know. Is that it? <laughs> no. Um, uh, Bowie's last album was called Black Star. And the lyrics are, something happened the day on the day he died. Spirit rose a meter and stepped aside. Somebody else took his place and bravely cried, I'm a black star. Mm. Right. And how is that meant to well, relate they, to they're kind of Well, they're kind of saying that, you know, because um, they they kind of said Black Star was always this thing of like he knew he was dying and this is all kind of a thing, mm. but um, of him to say that yeah he's going and Kanye West is going to fill the and the, it's like oh the because, artistic void that Bowie's yeah, yeah he'd been around for about ten years by yeah. the time Bowie had died anyway yeah please tear it apart <laughs> yeah also there's a song on the album called Lazarus right and refers to Kanye. I don't know, really. <laughs> Raising yeah. life. I think that is shit. Yeah. Mm. The Paul but, McCartney one is a good one. Yeah. What else? Obviously Elvis isn't dead. Obviously Michael Jackson isn't dead. Uh, what else? Kirk Cobain was murdered. Kirk Cobain was murdered, of course. Um, Michael Jackson and Latoya Jackson are the same person. Oh, it's Latoya, is it? I think so. Yeah. As opposed to Janet, yeah, yeah, um, that'd be genius, wouldn't it? Imagine that was real. Dum dum five, dum dum five, dum dum five, dum dum five. <laughs>
Hit me with it. No, I don't think we get any bad social media comments of the week for you this week. I don't think so, anyway. Uh, this week's social media comment of the week is from the Fender Vintera Series 60 Stratocaster by Corbin Murphy. Mm. He says, 434, bra, I listened to you play this over and over and over. I had goosebumps. Oh. You give goosebumps to somebody. that nice? That's cool, yeah. Yeah. Tom's got the... Should we play the little bit? Yeah, go on. You two, that's like, yep, that's Adam's same shit that he does all the time. Coming through the speakers, though, there's something slightly ASMR-ish about it. If people, my favourite bit of playing is on the Paul's guitar video. There's a li- that little run. Again, it's just noodling over an E drone mm. thing. And um, yeah, but yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. It's good, it works. It works, because like, yeah. Mm. It's any bit of lead thing with, unless you're doing it to a backing track, you know, just doing it over like a drone note thing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Reptile filth. Hey. I think that just about wraps things up. Yeah, episode 22. Dinky do. Two fat ducks. 22. Finds fancy. Maybe we'll end every episode of this season with the German episode number. Followed by the episode that's coming up. Should be Dian's fancy. So thank you very much for listening. Um please comment on any of the channels that you might be listening on. If there's anything that you'd like us to cover in any podcasts, feel free to make your suggestions and I've been Andrew I've been Adam I've been Tom and we'll see you next week bye then bye